0: Some of our listeners may not be aware of this, but I actually co-host another podcast, which you know is called The God Show. And currently right now we're, we're on hiatus and we're trying to figure out some, some ways to uh, restructure the show and whatnot. And, you know, it's a show about Christian worship and music and what all. And so we had a meeting this week to talk about how to build our audience, you know, because one of the challenges that we face is that it's really easy to target like a specific sector you know of that community like denominations but if you're trying to do something interdenominational it's a little difficult to uh, to grab that and what is was really startling is from the time we started our conversation to how quickly we came to pornography because my recommendation was dailychristiannudes.com and that would be the way to build our audience but you know i, I have the whole i have the whole branding ready you know just like jesus you'll be coming soon
1: oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Daily, uh,
0: DailyChristianNudes.com.
1: <laughs> you know what? I would support that podcast <laughs> and that website. I'd get a membership. Me
0: <laughs> well, and uh, you know, I, I, I was, I, I, you know, the Daily Christian Nudes part would be free. That would be your free pornography every day. Your free, you know, simple nude shot. And then on the fee-paying member side. You would have things that were more liturgically seasonally appropriate, you know. So, you know, you could have some kind of furry porn at Easter with the Easter bunny and whatnot. uh, (laughs) You you could just get really creative with that. And then you could also get, you know, really – specific in your demographic like you could have clergy porn so it'd be you know boys and uh (laughs) you could have uh you know you could go to your your sister site which would be for muslims called jihadis that's kind of my my whole idea here
2: no Aaron, if this is how you approach your christian podcast i'm not surprised you're on hiatus (laughs) 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 <laughs> the
1: god cast the dirtiest cast around right. <laughs> but, you know all, all
0: these different uh, televangelists they'd be happy to link to it because really again who likes porn than christians With Aaron and Polly, I'm Aaron, and I'm Polly. And back for his third visit to the show is Jonathan. Kick the dice bags. Most excellent episode, na nineteen, my friends, na nineteen.
1: <laughs> hey, that means next week we're gonna have our big twentieth episode. But that's amazing. That's
2: right. In the comic book world, who does anything for twenty? Yeah, we have to do something. Only 25. twenty-five. Yeah, twenty-five is a milestone. That's the giant size issue. Like,
0: and we'll just we'll just and put then- a bunch of uh, you know repeats of previous shows in, in so the that's, back that's, of the that. episode. It'll be our we'll giant size episode. Show.
1: And you know our renumbering can't be far off. That's true. Before we restart <laughs> as X Men versus Funny Books with Aaron and Polly, <laughs> followed by The Avengers versus Funny Books with Aaron and Polly,
0: and with you know Deadpool being our recurring guest
1: <laughs> <laughs> every week.
0: Every week, Deadpool. So. Well,
2: you've got you've got me on the show, so I guess this the funny books team up.
0: That's right. That's right. It, well, we could just call it the funny books three way. No, okay, like team
2: up better. <laughs> yeah. Team up is less uncomfortable. <laughs> but so, you know, in order in order for us to do this team up, we have to fight beforehand. That's true. And then decide to join up. So, Jonathan, should we just you know beat on Paul? <laughs> what?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Shifting
0: alliances.
2: More with with the sexual references, Aaron. (laughs) I expect better of you. I'm sorry.
1: Aaron's mind is in the gutter this Saturday morning. So, Paul, you had some big news? Well, not me personally. And it's not really – it's boring now because you've been talking about porn. Well, I thought you would be excited. Honestly, I thought you would bring up the J.J. Abrams deal this week. There
0: was a J.J. Abrams deal this week?
1: J.J. Abrams is in development talks to make a Micronauts movie.:
0: Oh hell, no, I didn't hear that.
1: Are yeah. you serious? Holy crap. Oh, I am all on that. Oh he's in negotiations yeah. to produce a movie
2: based on the Micronauts franchise: Wow what's that- it with abrams Abrams he just he wants, he wants he wants his his thumb on the geek culture. He's like, yes, I want to do Dark Tower, and yes, I want to do Voltron. Now I want to do Micronauts.
0: I wow! I can't believe I didn't know this. I am so very excited about this.
1: Oh yeah, he's just gonna keep buying rights and never making the movies. So that's my thinking. Shut up! He's gonna make it.
2: Same I'll, here as Dark Tower. I'm with I'm with Polly here. We I mean, well, Dark Tower hasn't been announced nearly as long as Voltron. That they were talking true. about Voltron before Cloverfield came out.
1: Yeah, and where's Cloverfield 2? And Star Trek <laughs> 2, It doesn't. they don't even have a script for Star Trek 2 yet. This guy's, worked, and you know, Mission Impossible 4. Uh,
2: I think he's focusing on. all his attention on wrapping up uh, Lost this coming season.
1: Yeah, see, guy's got a lot going on. But, I don't know, he's only producing Micronauts, so
2: exactly. we might see yeah.
0: it. Oh, that would be so cool.
1: I, man, I, <laughs> I can't imagine sitting in a movie theater, a crowded movie theater on a Friday night, and this movie comes on, and then the title pops up, Micronauts, and just a collective groan over the audience at such a stupid name for a movie.
0: Except there's going to be a bunch of guys in, that are 40-something who are sitting <laughs> going, shut up, man, it's cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. Transformers uh, didn't know. Groan. Micronauts sounds stupider, though, to me. God, I love Micronauts. I like Micronauts, but it's a stupid name. You're stupid. Whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, uh, what was the, the helicopter one? Are the guys with the suits? You talking about a croyer? No. Uh, this is past your time. Jonathan oh. may know. <laughs> um, there, was those, there were the guys, and they came with, like, pop-on suits. It was either claw or shield or some crap like that. I don't know. I remember there was a lot of '80s crap toys. Okay, but don't
0: categorize Micronauts as an '80s crap toy. (laughs) I'm going to be up in your neighborhood this month. I will beat you with my shoe. (laughs)
1: Uh, Micronauts were
0: awesome. Awesome. Just say it, Paul. Micronauts were awesome.
1: I like Micronauts. Don't get me wrong. I do like Micronauts. Okay. I would rather.
2: I want you to know that uh, my only encounter with Micronauts was like X-Men crossovers. Yeah. And I never read them.
0: The original Michael Gold and Bill Manilow uh, series uh, back in the 80s for comics was great. But, you know, it was all based off the toys. And the toys were awesome. Those are some of the best toys I, I've, I've ever encountered. Uh, just, just
2: the best toys ever. <laughs> until ever. later on in well, until I, Well, until the <laughs> fleshlight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Centurions. That's what it was.
0: I'm not familiar with them.
2: I think Thanks. that's more like Chris would know about that. Chris always talks about these old cartoons that I'm just like, holy crap, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, I watched When I was a kid,
2: I watched Ninja Turtles until I discovered X-Men in the early 90s. And that was, that was it. That was mm-hmm. the rest of my childhood and it was that and Scrooge McDuck.
1: Oh hell yeah, no. I
2: love DuckTales.
1: <laughs> I was more, I was more about uh Darkwing Duck. Yeah, you know what? Cuz there there's a couple year gap between each of us. You know, Aaron, you had Micronauts.
3: Uh-huh.
1: Which wasn't a cartoon. It was just a toy line and a comic book, right? Correct.
0: That's right. It was never a cartoon.
1: You know, and I had stuff like Cops and Ninja Turtles, you know, when it first came on. And like a couple years after that there was, you know, the Darkwing Duck and the X-Men, which was early it was like '93, wasn't it? That X-Men series. That X-Men series was awesome.
2: Oh yeah, I'm I'm have been rewatching it. Uh, I'm almost through uh, the final season because it went five seasons, and uh, it unlike other cartoons, you try to go back and watch. Like it holds up, and there were a lot of themes and everything in that show that I'm just like, wow, I can't believe a Saturday morning cartoon like really got that uh, that deep with it. It, it channeled a lot of the comic books, I think, you at know, that time.
0: My big challenge with, uh, that X-Men cartoon, and I know this is a minor concern, but I always had trouble with the voices. The voices never sounded right to me.
2: Yeah, it depends. Some I, of the I disagree completely. Uh, whenever I play an X-Men video game and things like that, like those cartoon voices are what I think of. When I think of Beast, I think of that voice from the cartoon. Uh, I mean, Wolverine is just... I mean, the guy who does the current Wolverine voice, he does just as good of a job because I think Wolverine's just easy of voice, but people like Beast. Well, and uh, the... the, the- Magneto. The, the,
0: the voice that I had a real problem with was Aurora, you know, Storm. I just I
1: her voice always bugged me. <laughs> what? Yeah,
0: her voice bugged me.
1: And it changed too. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page as we talk about this. She had two different people voicing her. Oh, did she? As did Gambit. Hmm. Interesting.
2: So I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, they did a good you know, job of you know and not that letting her series. Yeah. But you know that entire series is on DVD now, almost, isn't it? Should be. I, I, I know, know they've been releasing them lately. You know they've been releasing the you know season sets of it. But uh, you know, still no season set of that Spider-Man series that was on at the same time. I liked that one too.
2: Yeah. I you just know? hate that the X-Men but, cartoon series have just gone completely off the rocker, kind of like the comic books. yeah it's just uh i don't know wolverine and the uh, x-men and but x-men evolution was just the oh the poorest excuse for an x-men cartoon
1: really so wolverine and x-men which i've never seen is really not that good
2: i I mean it's okay but they channel too much of see the, the movie screwed everything up now People like, all right, we're gonna do a little bit, a little bit based on the comics, a little bit based on the movies. So it's just this blend of crap, you know, like huh. you know, making uh, you know, making Rogue a uh, a young girl like a young Anna Paquin type character from the movies rather than Rogue from the comic books. Obviously, she can't fly and doesn't have super strength or anything like that. I don't know. The costumes are look ridiculous because they they went more <laughs> They went more towards what the movie was trying to do. What what happened to Spandex, man? It, in cartoon form, it still looks good.
1: But they don't use it anymore. There's not enough superhero cartoons. I mean, there's Batman, The Brave and the Bold, but that one sucks.
0: Well, there's not enough good superhero cartoons.
2: Good point. Good, point. I agree. I, you know, I, I was looking forward to that uh, superhero squad. Oh God, that thing sucks. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is Does this obviously this... is dealing Does... with anything that is relatable to anyone over five.
0: Well, and that's what I was... It it looked like it was branded for very small children.
2: Uh, Yes and no. I mean, like,
1: it looks like it is. And, you know, most of the jokes are stupid jokes, but they have some things that a young kid wouldn't get. It's just weird. I, I don't really... I watched a couple of episodes and I just hated it. So yeah. Well, it just was terrible. terrible. I,
0: I haven't even watched it. It just looked terrible to me. I was like, Ugh, you know. I don't know why they don't do you know, they did that really good straight to DVD animated movie of the you know, Ultimate Avengers and then Ultimate Avengers two. And I don't know why they just don't do something like that. You know, I, I just I think that would be really good. I mean, I understand that they maybe they don't want to compete with their DVD market, but man, the, I enjoyed both of those a great deal. I don't understand why Marvel doesn't do something like that. And this Brave and the Bold thing. I mean, I don't know how when they have had, you know, the original Batman, the animated series was fan freaking fantastic. And, you know, while the Batman I didn't care for, it was it was a quality show that a lot of people enjoyed. You know uh, how they can come up and do that brave and the bold crap that they're doing now uh, is 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 beyond me. I don't I don't get that.
1: Well, always have the comic books, right?
0: That's right. And speaking of comics, we've got some comics to talk about this week.
2: We've got a hell of a lot of comics to talk about this week. <laughs> I didn't think we were going to talk about comic books.
0: Well, we we could talk more about Christian porn if you'd like.
2: You really? <laughs> so
1: what'd you read this week, Aaron? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well. uh... I do, there was one Blackest Night book uh, that interestingly enough I read and you didn't. Yeah, uh, it was Doom Patrol number four, their Blackest Night tie-in, and the I'll be honest, the reason why I picked this book up is that it came with a Sinestro core ring, and so oh, yes. I, I'm sitting here right now with my Sinestro core ring on, you know, because I have the ability to instill great fear. <laughs> um, <laughs> this book sucked. This book sucked hard, and it, it didn't surprise me because I don't like the Doom Patrol. I have never liked the Doom Patrol. It doesn't matter who's writing it. Uh, I have never liked this book. It's just such a, it's just such a lame idea for a, for a comic, um, and this one did not deviate from uh, from you know that uh, impression that I had. In fact, one of the bad things about this book is here. You know, you're okay. I pick it up because it's a Blackest Night tie-in. And it is so mired in Doom Patrol backstory that I didn't know what in the world was going on. I mean, it was not a good intro into the Doom Patrol story at all. So, you know, they missed their opportunity to say, hey, Aaron, we're going to change your idea about Doom Patrol. We're going to, uh, you know, blow your socks off. And man, this thing sucked hard, you know, and the, the artwork's actually pretty good. But the story was just blech, blech, blech.
1: You know, I almost picked it up based on the art, because I like the artist. That's yeah. uh, Justiniano, who yeah. did uh, The Days of Vengeance.
0: Yeah, and it's got Keith series. Giffen as a writer, and I love Keith Giffen's stuff, but I, I it's, it's the characters. It's not the writer. It's not the artist. It's these characters and, you know, the whole concept of the Doom Patrol, these fractured heroes and, you know, uh, them trying to – them being manipulated by this guy. And, I mean, how long has Doom Patrol been around that they've been manipulated by – uh uh, what's his name? Niles Calder, whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, they, they've always been manipulated by this guy. And I mean, you know, that works for, for a story arc. But I'm not interested in reading that whole, you know, a whole series around that through however many different volumes this book has been in. Anyway, I just thought it was terrible. And it had a terrible backup with uh, the metal men. And then, of course, that ridiculous preview for Batman Doc Savage. So, you know, <laughs> I threw three ninety nine dollars in the street to get my Sinestro core ring. Totally worth it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, we have six more of those this month.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah, six more tie-ins. And some of them look better than others, but
0: yeah. damn. Just so, damn. Yeah. So that's our Blackest Night update.
1: Well, for Marvel... Uh, The Dead Are Rising as well Uh, in the X-Men universe. uh, Last week, we didn't talk about this book, and I don't know if it came out everywhere because I noticed it on the solicits last week and this week. Um, Necrotia X, or X Necrotia, or maybe just Necrotia with an X behind it, um, which is a crossover between New Mutants, X-Force, and X-Men Legacy. So, Jonathan, did you get a chance to read the whole thing?
2: Yes. What would you think? I loved it.
1: I did too actually. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, uh, it yeah,
2: I, I like that dramatic I, pause you have there, Paul.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to leave people waiting for my answer.
2: Yeah, I I thought it it looked great. Uh it read great. Uh all three stories because it is it, it is broken up into into three different stories which I like better than Having just one story through half the book and then some backups. Yeah,
1: the way you know the way Necrush is laid out for those folks who are listening on the phone, on the phone, oh. on those <laughs> folks listening to the podcast is that there's three simultaneous. I think Necroche, The way it works is it's not like a 12 part storyline. There's like three, four part storylines or something like that, because each there's three stories in this. And each one leads into a different book. Like the main storyline in this leads into X-Force. And I think the second storyline leads into the storyline that goes on in New Mutants. And then the last story in this leads into the story that goes in through X-Men Legacy. So, you know, Necrotia is like a, an, overarching, an overarching thing. But there's three different paths that you can take. And I guess you don't have to buy all 12 books to get the full story. But I really enjoyed right. this intro issue. Uh, you know, I don't normally pick up any of these books. Uh, I don't know if all of the stories were strong enough to make me want to pick up things like New Mutants and X Men Legacy. Uh, but I'll definitely pick up the X Force portion of the storyline because I think that's probably where the the main portion of it's going to be.
2: Really, you didn't feel that about New Mutants, like the the story that that's going to lead up to to what's going to be going on in New Mutants. I don't know. That's the the second storyline, right? Which is uh, Doug Ramsey. Uh,
1: maybe, maybe. I mean, I, I I will pick up probably. Knowing me, I'll pick up the first issue of each of them and see what I think of them. But you know, I, I like the thing about the X Force is not only does it seem like the main storyline. I really like the art. I like uh, Clayton Crane. He's mostly painted art. He did stuff for Ghost Rider for a while. I really kind of dig his stuff. So, I mean, I really, I really enjoyed that portion of the book. I think the most.
2: Yeah. And what I think is, is cool about, about what they did was, uh, each story is, uh, actually written by, by the people who, who write that series currently, you know, mm-hmm. you had Kyle, Kyle and Yost for the X, the X-Force story, you know, uh, Zeb Wells on the new mutant stuff. And then, uh, Mike Carry for the stuff that's going to be going on in Legacy. So Yeah,
1: I, and it's kind of funny
2: because X-Force,
1: th- I mean, X-Force seems to be involved in pretty much every X-Men crossover since Messiah Complex.
2: Uh, well, that's because X-Force is uh, the best X-Book out right now. Is it really? I mean, like I said, it I only really collected is. it
1: when I think I read Messiah War, and of course I'm going to read Necrotia,
2: but I don't normally read it otherwise. It's, it's the best. I mean, it... It looks like crap. Uh, I only say that because I like, I like, uh, my spandex to be a little bit more colorful than what X Force has going on. Uh, but the, the stories in it are, are, fantastic. And, you know, the character development, uh, you get more of it than you do in the other X books right now. Uh, Colin Yost is doing a great job. And, it's unfortunate to know that they're going to be leaving the book soon. Yeah, after the
1: second coming storyline,
2: right? Yeah.
1: Now, for, I guess for our listeners, because and for me, because I don't know who Celine is, I don't know who a lot of these characters are. I know I enjoyed the book, but like, what is? I mean, obviously there was a little bit of a buildup, so give you know a, a little bit of you know what Necrotia is, I guess. Help me. Yeah. Okay.
2: Uh. Well, Celine, who's the the big the big bad in uh, the necroshia storyline. Uh, did you ever read New Mutants back in, back in its first run? The Rob Liefeld stuff. The Chris Claremont stuff.
1: On and off, a, a little bit. I, I, the name just doesn't ring a bell, and maybe it's just the way she's drawn.
2: Uh, well, Celine was basically there's there's a character in New Mutants called uh, Magma, and when uh, when she joins the team, it's through this uh, Nova Roma uh, story arc, and that's when they first encounter Celine, who's who's uh, this like sorceress type being that created a new Rome hidden from the world, and and uh, the New Mutants go in there and they bust it up because that's what. Superheroes did back in the eighties. They came and wrecked your home, but uh, <laughs> you know she's she's been out. She's been out to get the New Mutants ever since, uh, and she joined uh, the Hellfire Club. Uh, she was the she was the black black queen. Okay, is that it back, like back it does, back it does a little the, bit? The uh, you know, the, 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 Club the, stuff. the 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 Phoenix uh, storyline. Like, she was part of the, the Hellfire Club during that time. Gotcha. So okay. Uh, I don't know what happened to her after a while. Like, But then again, I don't really know what happened to the Hellfire Club after a while. Like, they're they're bringing them back. Uh, but uh, for a long time, they've just kind of faded off the map. So, who knows? Like, Selene, as she is now, just like every character, is much different than what I remember reading growing up. You know, she's a much darker character now, but uh, but yeah, that's who she is. She's a sorceress. And what she's uh, doing in Necrotia is raising the dead. Right. Right, to get her revenge, she's, I guess. She's, she's, uh, she's building an army, and did you ever make – like, when you heard about this event in Necrotia, and you knew that people were going to be – like, mutants were going to be coming back from the dead – Did you make any sort of connection with Necrotia and Genosha? Because I totally didn't, and I feel stupid.
1: (laughs) 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 I did, um, because I I, I expected that to be one of the things. Just like in Green Lantern, Blackest Night, their big thing is Coast City. So I expected at some point that to be resurrected. So I kind of expected Genosha to be one of the big aspects of the storyline.
2: Yeah, exciting stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it, and I'm not normally an X-Men reader, um, so recommended. It, it, sounds like, by Jonathan and I. But not me. Yes. But not Aaron, because Aaron's a putz. <laughs> this <laughs> is true.
0: Well, you know, the dead are rising over in the DC universe, and the dead are rising over in the Marvel universe, and not to be left out, the dead are rising over in the Image Comics universe. And Haunt number 2 came out this week.
1: Yes, it did, and
0: all three of us read it.
1: <laughs> the only book this week that all three of us read,
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep. and last week, what'd you guys think? Uh, I thought that it continued to be good.
0: I agree. I agree. I yeah. My only complaint about the book is once again the cover. I yeah. I think that the, that. The character looks too much like black, uh, on the covers, looks too much like black costume Spider Man. You know, and with McFarlane having, you know, had so much to do with the uh, black costume Spider Man back in the day, I wish that he would deviate from some of the poses that he's using for the covers to make Haunt look a little bit more unique.
2: Yeah, honestly, to me, it agree. almost looks like, really? Go yeah, ahead. I, like, I'm looking at the cover right now and it just looks too cool, not, to use
1: it. <laughs> Wait, like, well, let's be... make
2: sure we're talking about the
1: same cover because there were multiple covers. Are you talking about the one oh. with Haunt on the fire escape?
2: That's the one
0: I'm, yeah. I'm talking about.
1: Okay. Yeah. Because I, I know there, are, I know there were for the first book there were multiple covers and the one with McFarland was the weakest I thought. Yeah. I like the Otley cover. I like the Capullo Capullo cover. Mm-hmm. I'm not Cappy. big on the McFarland. We,
0: we call him Cappy here, Paul.
1: Cappy, that's right. Great Cappy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I. <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't I'm not saying that the cover isn't pretty. It's just it's too reminiscent of Spider Man to me, and I, I just I'd like to see something that's a little bit more haunty. <laughs> so, that's all I'm saying. Haunt. But the interior of the book is once again awesome. I thoroughly enjoyed the book. Um, I'm I'm enjoying the gore. Uh, I'm enjoying the dialogue between you know his ghost brother and himself. Uh, the, the, again, I'm enjoying the gore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all the disembodied parts are, are just fantastic. Um, the pacing of the story, I, I'm just I'm really getting a kick out of it.
2: I do. I all really right. enjoy now, this. I want to know, I know if, if you guys feel the same way, because now reading two issues, I'm like, all right, who is Haunt? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm seeing if you take Spider-Man, Deadpool, and the Punisher, and you mix them up, this is the hero that would come out on the other end.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and a little bit of spawn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh yeah, I I'm I'm curious to get into, you know, some of the the story and I think that's where issue number 3 is going to go to cuz you know his uh his ghost brother seems really comfortable with this situation. You know, not just not just the guys he's fighting, but the scenario itself that hey, I'm a ghost and, you know, I'm possessing my brother. He seems a little too comfortable with that. Uh, and, of course, the, the, the big reveal page on the last page, you know, shows us kind of another world that we're we're going to get to experience.
2: Yeah, featuring yeah. uh, – was it Barack Obama? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that can't be Barack Obama. He doesn't have jug ears. Because
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's immediately what I thought. Like I, I turned that last page. I'm like, oh, what's Obama doing there? <laughs> <laughs> when
1: I when I saw that, I, I kind of figured what whenever you know Robert Kirkman's books all kind of tie together some way. Yeah, I'm thinking this government agency is going to tie into Invincible and the Astounding Wolfman and all of them. Um,
2: so I mean that's that's what it seems
1: like to me. But I, I, I like you know, that. I wasn't expecting that,
2: Paul. I'm I'm, gra- I'm glad you uh, brought that up Uh-oh. because. Let me tell you what I really, really loved about this book. If you get to the end of the story and then you keep flipping pages, uh, there's an ad for Elephant Men. Yes, yes. And then on the other page, there's an ad for Invincible. Mm-hmm. And then turn the page again, and it says Image United. And you just have all these uh, image characters. And what a hook man because like i want to read these guys like these like uh, you look at a character and you're just like whoa it looks pretty cool and then you you know what i mean like
0: i see you know you 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 bought your first image book last week or so and now you're going to get into the whole schmear
1: you know and it, it they they have good marketing i can tell you that much about image because i'm looking at this and the damn ads every week or every issue for the Spawn books, yeah. Spawn trade paperbacks. I'm like
0: almost oh, makes you want to buy a Spawn book. It does. I'm like, ooh, yeah. those
1: are pretty. I yeah. want one. Yeah. Especially well, since I really like Cappy's art when he well, took over Spawn. Yeah.
0: Well, and that that ad for Elephant Men. That, that's yeah. really, That's really a, a cool a cool page for Elephant Men. And I I have to say I've always been fascinated by that title.
1: I, I have, but I've never bought it.
0: I me neither. Me neither, but I've always gone. You know, I, I think I want to read that, and look, it's collected. <laughs> yeah,
2: see, there you go. Yeah. Well, they, the image the, knows the this. The is war over. ain't over till Mapo says it's over. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're all agreed. Haunt's good stuff. Absolutely,
1: uh, highly recommended.
0: Moving from the dead, we move to Gotham. Where uh, we have a few Batman books to talk about. And one of our carryovers from last week that we didn't get a chance to chat about was uh, Detective Comics 858, the Batwoman title. And, you know, Paul, one of the things that you and I talked about previously was that we really didn't have a sense of, you know, who Batwoman is, where she comes from. Uh, though while we were really enjoying the uh, the artwork and the story in the uh, the first story arc, we really just didn't have a, a real sense of, of who this character is. And wow, I think we got that in spades in this book.
1: Yeah. You know, I was going to drop Detective Comics after the last issue, which I, I didn't care for. Yeah. Um, you know, we spoke about that. And I picked up this one because it was an origin story. It was a different storyline. I thought I'd give the first issue a shot. Mm-hmm. And damn. It was really good. It was better than I think the previous three issues. I, I, uh, this is probably the best issue of the run so far.
0: I will, yeah, and that was exactly what I was going to say. I think this book is better than any of the other books in the in the uh, first story arc. I, this book was awesome. I particularly enjoyed uh, the flashback pieces of it, which is the majority of the story. Um, yes. Were done in a style reminiscent of Batman Year One. You know, it's it really kind of has that Klaus Jansen, Frank Miller kind of look to it.
1: Yeah, yeah. you know, and I
0: thought I thought that was so effective in the storytelling, and then bounced back to you know, uh, diff- the 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 style that we're familiar with in this title uh, when they were telling you know current time uh, parts of that story. I thought this book was awesome. You know, it tells us a lot about the Alice character, who is the villain from the, from the from the earlier arc. Uh, I, 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 I read this thing and I'm like, wow, this, this is so good. And just really a big reveal, uh, about how those characters are connected. You know, we had an inkling of how those characters were connected at the end of the last, uh, issue. And now we've really got a much better understanding of, of what's happening, what's going on there. I thought the Batwoman piece of the story was fan-freaking-tastic. Followed by an equally wonderful uh, Cully Hamner Greg Rucka uh, second feature with the question, which was also fantastic.
1: Yeah, and it ended that storyline. So, is the question going to be back next month? Do we know?
0: I think so. I think the I think the uh, the question the second features are continuing for a while.
1: Okay, well that's good because I mean I don't want that to end. I really yeah. enjoyed that. I
0: I I, I got a, a big kick out of it, and I think Cully Hamner's. Uh, Uh, artwork on this just has gotten better and better issue over issue yeah i I, i'm i'm really enjoying what he's doing here
1: absolutely you know and the um one thing i do want to say about the art in the the first feature the uh jh williams the third art yeah no one can i don't want to say ape a style but pay homage to another style Uh like jh williams the third um i know you didn't read the the black hand or the black glove
0: yeah, that's story true. Storyline
1: yeah. uh, from Batman that was written by uh, Grant Morrison, and it's like the only thing he's written in the past ten years that I've liked. Yeah. Um. But he draws each Batman. Like, it's the international Batman, like from all over the world. Yeah. Uh, so you have the Mexican Batman or the Spain Batman, and you know the London Batman and all that. Uh huh. And he draws each one in a different style.
3: Uh huh.
1: And you can tell, you know, in this book it was very evident that you know the original. The flashbacks were told in one style. The current stuff was told in another style. The war stuff was told in, in yet another style, um, with her father at war.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I just, I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed all the different art, art styles. And it's, it's just amazing that it's all by the same guy.
0: Yeah. I, and. I had to go back and look and say, okay, did they have a second, did they have a second penciler on this? And, and, and not. I mean, he just, he did it, he did it so well. And it it was done in the style of like Klaus Jansen and and Frank Miller from, from Batman year one. But I did not find that it was any less artistic or any less, you know, innovative. I thought that the, the the way he told the story from panel to panel was just organic to the story. It was just the right style for the story. I I'm just thrilled that I picked this book up. It was, it was, it was good from beginning to end. I agree. And I I have to say, I think this is the only DC title I've said is one of two DC titles where I think the co-feature is well, uh, married to the, uh, to the uh, main feature.
1: I agree. And
0: you know, the second one would be booster gold with the blue beetle, uh, co-feature on that one but this one is so well so so well married I, I, so many of the other ones i'm just not interested in the co-feature but there you go yeah. batwoman detective
1: well i read a couple more batman books actually this week and you know what damn they were both really good um starting off with batman confidential number 36 I never read Batman Confidential. I think I bought the first two issues, um, which had art by Wills Protasio, and I couldn't get into it. And so, you know, the, the premise of Batman Confidential is there are stories from Batman's early years, um, at least that's the impression I get, that are kind of not in continuity. I mean, they could fit in, they, they may not. Um, and this story is, It's uh like I said, it's um Batman Confidential number thirty six. It's called Black Hawk Down. And apparently Bruce Wayne has given money. This is Bruce Wayne still alive at this point. He's given money to some type of experimental aircraft, and while they're testing it, ghost planes from World War Two come out of the come out of a storm, like a a storm that came out of nowhere. It's almost like a ghost ship type thing
3: Mm -hmm. coming
1: out of the clouds. And so they have these ghost World War Two bombers coming out. And they steal some technology and they steal some information, and Batman goes to investigate, and he ends up fighting a giant tentacled Nazi robot in a cemetery, and it's just batshit crazy. It, but it's so <laughs> well done. I mean, it's really well done. It's I enjoyed the hell out of this. Is is,
0: is Batman Confidential in continuity?
1: It could be. It could not be. You know, it's kind of one of those things that they're not going to kill Batman. So you know, it, it could be considered in continuity, but uh-huh. um, it's not in current continuity because right. Bruce Wayne is still Batman.
0: But it's still happening. You, it, it's still happening within the DC universe. I always yeah. had an impression that it was kind of like All Star Batman, where it was just kind of outside continuity.
1: Now, I get the impression this is in the DC universe. Okay. Um, it deals with Black Hawk. If you're familiar with the Black Hawk character, I am. In, in fact, he he's the cemetery that he's fighting in is the cemetery where Black Hawk is buried um you know now, he fights the giant Nazi robot
0: did it have lady Blackhawk in it
1: it does at the end okay so um because I
0: always I, enjoy I this, lady Blackhawk
1: yeah she looks good in this issue too <laughs> I, I think this is either a three or four part storyline uh-huh. and if you're a Batman fan and you're looking for something kind of fun in Batman I highly recommend this i Highly recommend this. I mean, it's you know you're talking about World War II ghost planes and Nazi robots in a Batman book. You can't go wrong. Uh, And it's by Royal McGraw. He's the uh, writer, Mm -hmm. and the artist by Marcos Mars, who I'm not familiar with, but I really like his style. It's uh, a Cassidy-ish, not obviously quite as strong as Cassidy. Uh, You're
0: John Cassidy. The the... John
1: Cassidy. Yes, I'm sorry, Uh, but I, I really. Highly enjoyed this book, and just as much as I enjoyed that book, I also enjoyed Kevin Smith and Walter Flanagan's Batman: The Widening Gyre, number three.
0: Is that the uh, is that the end of that series, or is there still more to come on that one?
1: This is issue three of six. Okay. And uh, it's Batman, and basically, it's uh, there's a new vigilante in town. There's a a lot of different things going on in this series, Uh, but the primary story is that Batman is now dating Silver St. Cloud again. And again, this is one of those things that I don't know where in current continuity it is. Um, It could be anywhere. Uh, It may not be in continuity at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's dating Silver St. Cloud. And so you see a Bruce Wayne that we haven't seen in years. He's happy. He's joking. He's having sex. Um, (laughs) And there's a great cameo by Aquaman in the issue. um, When Aquaman finds out that Bruce Wayne is dating a woman.
0: Was, was Aquaman expecting that he'd be dating a guy?
1: Well, the <laughs> thing is, because Bruce Wayne's trying to be coy, he, Aquaman says the dolphins have reported screaming from the private island where Bruce and his girlfriend are staying. And apparently the girlfriend calls him Dee, Dee. I don't know why she calls Bruce Wayne Dee, Dee. I must have missed something there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like double D? Yeah. Or I, like D-I-D-I? Or D-E-E-D-E-E.
0: D-E-E. Oh, that's disturbing.
1: Yeah, and so Aquaman says the dolphins have been reporting screaming from the island, and they've been screaming Dee Dee, and he thought it was Dr. Destiny, so he went to investigate, and uh he gets there, and he sees Bruce Wayne swimming in the water, and so Aquaman asks him, who's Dee Dee? And Bruce Wayne goes, it's what my companion calls me, I'm trying to be coy, and Aquaman goes, Robin calls you Dee Dee? <laughs> and oh, it's just funny. so funny it, it is absolutely i mean when was the last time i laughed reading a batman book yeah well you know laughed when it wasn't the joker talking you know yeah, yeah. this is great stuff um you know i really enjoy this it makes me want to pick up kevin smith's first first batman series yeah. uh, cacophony it's that it's that good and it's it's a batman that you're not we haven't gotten in years i think um and i really like this side of batman wow so again highly recommended
0: wow that you know i i I didn't pick up Widening Widening Gyre because I had not read Cacophony. And I've read so many good things about Cacophony. I'm like, dang it, I should have picked that up. So I'm going to have to get those in trade.
1: Yeah, um, and Cacophony is out in hardcover right now. Yeah. It's going on the Christmas list.
0: Oh, yeah, <laughs> well, I've got a long Christmas list.
1: Yeah, there's there's quite a few trade paperbacks on mine. So that is uh, that is our Batman update.
0: I feel like we should have theme music coming in and out of for that.
1: Batman <laughs>
0: update.
1: <laughs> uh, but i read a ton of marvel this week and it's because of damn ass jonathan
0: you know i never liked that guy
1: yeah i guess on <laughs> podcast that i've been reading all this marvel as of late yeah because in addition to a what? we haven't talked about any marvel oh and the crochet
0: well you know what's hysterical is that uh my comic shop guy you know he'll pull my books for me and he's like i see marvel in there <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh. and you know what pisses me off about marvel is that they put addy Granov art on the covers and whenever addy Granov does a cover it's like i really want to buy that book mm-hmm. i love that guy's art i really do yeah um and he did the cover for two books this week um assault on new olympus and x-men versus agents of atlas and uh, even though X Men versus Agents of Atlas leads into Assault on New Olympus. I'll talk about Assault on New Olympus first. Um, this is the incredible Hercules, the amazing Spider Man. Uh, I guess Agents of Atlas are involved as well. Uh, Spider Woman's um, Wolverine, Amadeus Cho. It's, I guess, you know, they have to invade New Olympus because the gods are at war or something like that. i read the entire issue, and I'm having a hard time explaining it, not because I didn't understand it, but because the story really didn't connect with me.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, I know Incredible Hulk issues is not a wildly popular series, but those fans that love it, love it. Um, it's by Greg Pak and Fred Van Lente, the writers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't love, know who the normal artist is.
0: I love me some Greg Pak.
1: Yeah, and I love Greg Pak too, but I just – I don't know. I don't know if it's the Incredible Hercules character or just the storyline. I'm I'm not a huge fan of Greek gods and comics to begin with, mm-hmm. so I guess I just didn't care for it. Um, and this book, it's not a bad book. It's just the story's not connecting with me. Um, the main reason I picked up this book is for the appearance of Agents of Atlas. Now, I know Jonathan's not a huge fan of Agents of Atlas because you said you didn't Uh-oh. care for them on Relapse. But it is part of my pull list. They just don't fit. And I think that's, that's what it. I like about them. You know, the Agents of Atlas is this 1950s superhero team, very pulp characters. You know, a giant gorilla, a killer robot, uh, Namora. They have a siren, uh, like an actual siren, you know, the singing sirens. Uh, her name's Venus. They have the Uranian, who used to be Marvel Boy. And uh, Jimmy Woo is the leader of the team. And I think I like the fact that they don't fit in the Marvel universe. You know, there's these pulpy characters that just don't normally fit in the Marvel universe. And I think that's what I like about them. Uh, and the main series ended, uh, but there's, I guess, this big push on the Agents of Atlas, maybe to, to get promotion behind them. Because once the main series ended, they had the two-part X-Men versus Agents of Atlas. They've got another two-part miniseries after that. Um and they're now going to be a co-feature in The Incredible Hercules, which pisses me off because now I need to buy The Incredible Hercules to read Agents of Atlas because I like Agents of Atlas that much. Um, and like I said, this Agents of Atlas storyline is directly following the storyline in X-Men versus Agents of Atlas, uh, which is a two-part miniseries by the regular Agents of Atlas team of Jeff Parker and art by carlo pagulian maybe i pronounced that right (laughs) um but i loved the two-part miniseries i I waited to read issue one until issue two came out this week and i read both of them together and i i really enjoyed it i mean it's a typical crossover of misunderstanding fighting then team up Mm -hmm. but uh I, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, I enjoy these pulpy characters in the Marvel universe. Uh, and I enjoy the way they interact with the X-Men. So I, I, I loved that stuff. And, you know, I love Agents of Atlas so much that little plug here in, in a couple of weeks, we'll be interviewing writer Jeff Parker on funny books with Aaron and Polly. So keep an eye out for that. And, uh, I, like I said, I recommend at least picking up the first Agents of Atlas trade and seeing if you like it.
2: I will be keeping an eye on that. Tell him that uh that Jonathan says that he really enjoyed the Hood mini series. I will. I'll say, hey Jonathan enjoyed
1: your Hood mini series. And you know what he'll say? Who? I'm just kidding.
2: No, he'll say he'll say, Oh, Jonathan from Kick to the Dice Fags. Awesome. A a leader,
0: a quality leader in the podcast community.
2: <laughs>
1: he'll say life doesn't get much better than this.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: Well, um,
0: you know, speaking of X Men, I picked up uh, Astonishing X Men number thirty-two this week, and this is the second uh, Astonishing X Men I've read since uh, uh, Joss Whedon left the story or left the title. And you know, this of course has the uh, this kind of I, I guess leading into the um, Sword series that's coming up, as well as you know, developing some other things within the uh, the X Men title. And Jonathan, you read it as well. Yep. Which thing? Didn't like it. You didn't like it. What didn't you like about it? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um. uh, starting on page one, you didn't like the titles.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, what what can I pick up? Um, I didn't like the lettering.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> now, it, uh, now I never read uh, Whedon's run on Astonishing. Uh, this is only the second Astonishing I've picked up. Okay. Uh, the first uh, being the issue right before this, so I got to see the the f- first part of this new storyline. Uh. Story it just, uh, I don't know. I I can't really pinpoint, like, I hated this. Right. Except for Cat Beast. I can always pinpoint yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> you can <Aunt> Morrison.
0: <sighs> well, you know, I really enjoyed the appearance of the brood. Um, I, I, I always get a kick out of when the brood are there and, and, uh, the, the, uh, I, I, how do they the 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 fleshy sentinel? I, how did they refer to this thing in here? Uh, these big sentinel meat corpse or whatever they called that thing uh, was kind of creepy, and I liked that. I mean, it was kind of it was kind of in keeping in some, with some of the Halloween books I was reading. So you know, it was nice and 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 gory and, and what all. Um, wh- one of the things I liked about it is that. You know, as I was reading it, they're trying to figure out what to do, how to get the Sentinel out of the populated area. I'm like, well, you know, just tow it off with your with your big X-Men airplane, which, of course, is what, what exactly the thing they did. So I always kind of like it when I when I think of the solution as they're going through. Um, I enjoyed the action scenes. I enjoyed, you know, Wolverine uh, getting to kill a Sleezoid, having killed one of those in a long time. Uh I, I liked it. I liked it. I like where it's leading. I, I liked the the dialogue between Wolverine and Cyclops. Um, enjoyed some of the the reveals and you know another big conspiracy to, to get at the X Men.
2: I liked it. I'm sorry. Now, you what do you think about uh, a pickup line like this? Uh, and uh, Aaron, let me know if you if you use this from time to time. Uh huh. <laughs> and if you're in the mood for more science. Perhaps a quick experiment in the back before we return to the shore and the plaudits of our peers. <laughs> I, I, used I that don't just, know how Beast ever gets laid. I'm I, sorry.
0: I, I used that line just last night to great effect. So,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think that 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 uh, that Beast uh, only appeals to the furry community, and that's how he ever gets on. <laughs> yeah, could obviously, be. Obviously, Abigail Brand has a fetish. Could be. Could be. I'm eager for Beast to go into space where I can think he's some different character and not this cool guy who's now this cat creature. Yeah. (laughs) If he's in space I could just oh that's just that's somebody else. That's a space character, obviously. Well,
0: I, I am eager for the for the new sword book to start. And I thought that it was already supposed to be here by now. You know, and yeah. that, that was the reason why I picked up Astonishing because I was I, I thought, and you know, I probably misread something that you know maybe it's going to happen in December or January or something, but I thought his big exit from the X Men was happening like now, and that of course hasn't happened. But I am enjoying Astonishing X Men. I'm you know I I, uh, I I I enjoyed the art in this. I thought the uh, the panels were well, well rendered. I I thought the Brood were nice and creepy. Anytime I get to see – gosh, what the hell is her name? Uh, The White Queen – what is her name? Uh, Emma Frost. Emma Frost. Anytime I get to see Emma Frost knocked around, also a good time. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm a big fan. Uh, Anyway, I enjoyed Uh,
2: it. Also, I mean, like I like the brood as well. Uh Uh-huh. But I'm already getting my brood right now because I read cable. Right. So – didn't have as much of an effect with me. Uh, yeah, uh, in uh, in the current storyline, you know, it's all about Cable trying to keep Hope away from Bishop. Mm-hmm. And, Hope and uh, mutant baby, the mutant baby. She's not that's a baby. She's not right. baby
0: anymore. Oh, sorry.
2: Damn it, Aaron. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not reading that book. I
0: apologize.
2: Which I mean, that's one of the greatest things about that book is that you get to see. You get to see this girl grow up You know
0: And turn uh, into I guess,
2: gray. Uh, yeah <laughs> 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 But uh But yeah the, you, They're in space currently and, and the brood show up Complete with their whale things And attack Loves me some brood Me too Yeah so, did you guys read anything else? Well, there were more X Men books this week, weren't there? There was.
1: Well, there was that Psylocke
0: piece of crap that came out, but I didn't pick that
2: up. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I, I have a soft spot in my heart for. All right. I have a hard spot in my pants for Psylocke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it. And she's so sexy that she still gets to keep her costume while everyone else looks like crap, so you know <laughs> when i saw when I saw the cover to this book with just like her just pretty much showing her ass and holding two guitars, I'm like, i gotta get it
0: well, and I have to say you know that's the that's the uh the full page ad that they'd been running leading up to it, and I was like, well, wow, that does look like a really good book her her bottom is it con- is you know, startlingly, uh, persuasive to pick up that title.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and plus she just, Psylocke just came back into the Marvel universe recently. Uh, so like one thing that I'm getting tired of in the X books, and I think this also kind of kind of irked me in astonishing
3: mm-hmm.
2: is that there's all these mutants that have these weird powers that I don't know who they are. Right. You know, just like the, the X-Books are just overpopulated with these C and D list characters. Yeah. Uh,
0: Despite the yeah. fact that there are only 200 mutants anymore.
2: Yeah. There's no, like the X-Men need a core team, mm-hmm. you know, and you've got so many X-Books, you can distribute the good ones around. Um, so Psylocke, was she was real big back back when I was uh, reading uh, in the nineties? So you know, it, it was just nice to try to return to something that I'm more familiar with, like that ass. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, it it wasn't that great. Uh, apparently, apparently it's a, some sort of Kill Bill ripoff. Like apparently that this. It's a four-issue miniseries, and uh, she's just out to kill this dude named Mat- Matsuo, who apparently sent the Hand after her And I'm like, how does that make sense? Daredevil's the leader of the Hand. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I guess they're like, oh, don't worry about that.
0: Yeah. Don't be <laughs> distracted by the continuity.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, and I've heard writers say that. Uh, you know, I heard an interview where, where a uh, writer said, you know, everyone focuses on the fact that Wolverines and all these different books and, you know, how can Spider-Man be doing this if, you know, he's doing this in his own book? Why even worry about it? Now I'm like, what cop-out answer?
3: Yeah.
2: I am worried about it. You're not giving me an answer. Like, you know, I mean, it's just like, oh, just have fun with it. That That's not an answer. But anyway. <laughs> despite my, Tell it like it is. Yeah. D- despite my own rant here. Uh. The best thing about this book is actually the backup. Uh, at the at the end of the book, uh, there's a little backup called uh, X-Men, A Girl Called Hope, Part 1. And uh, it focuses on Hope and Cable. And uh, I th- just thought it was fantastic, except for the art. The art was... Goofy looking. It was really big. Who did the art? Steve Dillon. Oh. However, However it was... Steve Dillon, normally. Uh, it just, it looks too, like, it's just big and cartoony looking. Like, the outlines of the characters have that very broad line to them, around them. Hmm, okay. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. But uh, but it was written by uh, Dwayne Straczynski. And uh, I thought it was just awesome, you know. Really, it you know develops those characters more, and uh,
0: so you yeah. liked the 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 backup better than the, the main feature, yeah.
2: <laughs> and uh, apparently, part two of the of the a girl called Hope is going to be in Dark X Men number one, so I'll be oh, picking so, that up. Huh. So it's going to
0: jump titles on
2: you, yeah. The, to another miniseries. Hmm. I I wonder. Hmm. But, I mean, let's be honest, I'd be picking up Dark X Men anyway.
0: Yeah, that's true. Because, why, you're a Marvel whore.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think it's great that we can have guests on the show, Paul, and I can call them whores. So.
1: I so, think regardless
2: of who we had on the I'd only be I'd only be a Marvel whore if they were paying me to read their books. <laughs>
1: True. I'd say I I'm them. more of a Marvel slut. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're paying them. You're a Marvel yeah. John is what you are.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so Dr. Voodoo. I picked yeah. up uh, issue one so that I could read issue two and know what the heck was going on. Uh, uh, that was one of the books that I, I had missed earlier. And uh, you know, Paul talked about issue one last week, and I'll just I'll just uh, dovetail on onto what he said that uh, I really liked Doctor Voodoo. Uh, I, I he was always such a nothing character in the past, but his fight with Doctor Doom in issue one is pretty outstanding, isn't it? Yeah, I <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed that. Even though he gets his ass handed to him by Doctor Doom, uh, really enjoyed that.
2: I hated I just, it. I thought it was awful. I think everything about this book sucks.
0: Now, uh, to, to be clear, uh, Jonathan, have you, have you read Doctor Voodoo?
2: I'm, I'm still no, no. I and, haven't.
0: Now, so you just made a choice. You said I. I'm not interested in Dr. Voodoo. Doctor Voodoo, Obviously, E-level it's not character. showing
2: up in my pull list because it sucks so bad in my comic is trying to watch my back. Yeah. That's the only <laughs> thing I can think of.
0: I, I have to tell you, I think this book is outstanding.
1: I, I agree. And I'm sorry, Jonathan. We're not trying to rub it in because hopefully you'll pick it up next time you go. Hopefully before issue three comes out.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, the artist on this title, Paul? Uh, yes. Paolo. Paolo. Uh, is it Jeff de Paolo? I uh, think so.
1: Maybe.
0: Uh, I, I, there are so many things I like about what he did here. Um, I enjoyed how he depicted Dormammu. Um, mm-hmm. d- have I missed something? Did, did Dr. Strange age a whole lot?
1: It just depends on who's drawing them.
0: Okay, I didn't know if that was just an artistic, you know, uh, choice or if something happened because I've not read that new Avengers, you know, search for the Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, so I didn't know if maybe something had happened. But boy, uh, Doctor Strange looks awfully long in the tooth on these pages. No,
2: not, nothing like that happened in the. Okay. In that, you know, but I particular, you know, it's so
0: easy for folks to just draw Doctor Doom looking like some guy walking around in, the, in, a, in a metal suit. And Doctor Doom just looked like a badass in this book. the The scene where he walks through the dimensional portal, you know, after he's he's uh, uh, bitch slapped uh, uh, Doctor Voodoo, is just you know it's it's got a a nice use of, of the darkness and the light, and you know, very ominous him stepping through that dimensional gate, and then just you know destroys dr voodoo's spirit brother <laughs> you know and i mean this whole you know i'm just pounding on dr voodoo I, I i it has been a long time since i have seen dr doom portrayed like really the badass that he is
2: uh yeah I, I, well uh a question here uh how does the series like the stuff with dr doom is that fitting in with with current continuity because you know, Doctor Doom's wrapped up in a lot of stuff right now.
0: Yeah, he's over in the uh, he's over in Thor right now with the Asgardians, and I didn't feel like it uh, took away from anything that, that I've seen him in, in other books going on.
1: He's yeah, been I mean, guy. This, yeah, I mean, this could have been an hour of Doctor Doom's life, basically. Yeah, so it exactly. Could fit anywhere.
0: Um, but you know, that, that's I just wanted to chat, say that about issue one, and I can say all those same things about issue two. Um. With the exception that we get to find out a lot about who Dr. Voodoo is, you know, we we get a lot of a backstory on him in this book.
1: Mm -hmm. And, you know, the reveal as to what's been happening to New Orleans while Dr. Voodoo's been out of town. Yeah. Kicks ass. I mean, I was, I was, I, this book, it's, this book makes me want to read a Dr. Strange book. Yeah, but there is a Doctor Strange book, but it doesn't look as good as this. Yeah, and and, uh, and Doctor this, Strange comes out. Is it comes Wait,
0: out what? next week. It, the new Doctor Strange book comes out next week. Oh, okay. Um, it's is it going to
2: be a mini or is it going to be a ongoing? It's I just think going to be a mini. Um, and it, it's weird because it almost looks manga-ish. The art. Uh,
1: I, you know, I I wasn't a big fan of of the
2: look of that I, one. I've been thinking I've been thinking so much about Doctor Strange lately. Not in my masturbatory sessions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and when I'm Just thinking about comic characters.
0: You say that uh, Howard the Duck, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, You know, when, when I was first on the show, we did what if we were writing the Avengers? Yeah. And I could have summed that whole thing up with the statement of the Avengers should be a team made up of characters. They're good characters, but not good enough to have their own ongoing. Mm-hmm. The problem with Avengers is that everyone has their ongoing in Avengers right now. And it mm-hmm. screws up continuity. If it was just a team of people that needed each other in order to sell books, you know, and I like Doctor Strange A's gonna have an ongoing, I guess, but I think he would be perfect on I think he fits into that category of someone who just could not have an ongoing and be part of Avengers.
1: Yeah. You know, I I, I agree. I think Doctor Strange would be good on the Avengers. I liked when he was on the Avengers. And it's so it seems to me that it it must be hard to write these mystic characters. Yeah. Cuz either it's it gets lost in all this, you know, strange language and it doesn't make sense and it's stupid or it's boring. But this book, you know, it's not, you know, it has a lot of the good mystic stuff and it's got a lot of action. And, you know, a lot of good character interaction. I mean, Dr. Voodoo – I mean, it's Rick Remender, who I'm a huge fan of already. I I loved Dr. Voodoo. I really did.
0: Yeah, Dr. Voodoo is rocking it. I I never in my wildest dreams thought that I would enjoy this title. And I I have to say it's one of the best – Dark, occult, kind of, uh, superhero comics I've read in a very, very long time. I, uh, I am put in mind of the Midnight Suns run, you know, back in the 90s. You know, it's got a little bit of horror to it and a little bit of magic to it. I like that, you know, I, I like that they've made him the Sorcerer Supreme and that even though he's Sorcerer Supreme, he doesn't know everything. You know, Doctor Strange has always been, you know, he's one who knows, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and clearly Dr. Voodoo's got a lot to learn.
2: And I enjoyed I, that I never thought in the – Pauly, did you, did you finish reading the uh, – I did. Okay. Uh, search for the Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah, I just – I never thought that of all the people that could have been the new Sorcerer Supreme that it'd be Dr. Voodoo. Uh, yeah, you know, there's so many people that, that came to mind. Even even that kid from uh, what Wiccan from the from the Young Avengers, I thought was more of a candidate. Oh, like there was more likelihood than than Doctor Voodoo.
1: Yeah, and I I, I was hoping because you know, I like Wiccan as a character, um, but you know I, I I'm glad it turned out to be Doctor Voodoo because we got this series out of it. Yeah. And I don't think a Wiccan series would have been anywhere near as good as this. Well, the uh,
0: Doctor Strange book, or Strange as it's titled, is going to be written by Mark Wade with pencils by Emma Rios. It comes out next week, it comes out on November the 11th. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the cover looks pretty badass. I like the cover.
1: The cover is nice. I, you know, I, I saw a preview of Interior Art somewhere, and I just wasn't impressed with it. Yeah.
0: Now, did you read the uh, uh, J.M. Straczynski miniseries that he did some time ago? No, I I never did. That was was actually – it was. It was good. It retold the origin story, um, and I generally don't like reboots of the origin story, but that one was actually pretty good.
2: Did you guys see the Doctor Strange cartoon movie?
0: I did. I did.
2: I thought it was good.
0: Yeah, it was was one of the better Marvel uh, animated features, I thought.
2: Yeah, I agree. Well, anyway, Doctor
0: Voodoo, highly recommended. And maybe one day we can convince John to read it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> now just like, just like this strange book, I'm sure it'll be in my pull list.
0: <laughs> now, uh, another one book I just noticed is coming out this week, according to Marvel, is Sword Number One.
2: Ah. So, so that,
0: that's supposed to come out this week. So
2: So it's, it's gonna happen before Beast actually leaves in the current apparent. series that it's in? I thought he left already. That's what's
1: confusing. I thought he left in uh, well, he's, the, um, the the Dark Reign
2: X Men book. Well, and, no, and maybe the that's Rain, the confession.
0: and maybe that's the book he left in, but he's still an active member of the Astonishing X Men.
2: Yeah, but Astonishing is all screwed up. Like Storm's there. Why isn't yeah. she off being a queen? Like it's the only it's the only book it's the only book that she's in. Yeah, like she's I, not Uncanny or anything.
0: I don't know. Now, you know, S.W.O.R.D. is going to be out in space, and another character that's out in space is Nova, and uh, Nova issue number 31 came out this week, and I believe our good friend Jonathan read that book this week.
2: Of course. Which thing? Well, you remember last week I was very, very excited by the, the hook for this issue. Correct. And then this book starts off with just all this stuff, uh, explaining to me that, uh, you know, uh, Nova Prime and, and Darkhawk were buddies. Mm-hmm. Like, really good buddies, I guess. Yeah. At least they seem that way. Uh, so I didn't get what I expected out of the book. Uh, I thought that the the way I thought it was going to go down is I thought that, you know, Nova Prime would be thinking that, that Darkhawk actually, you know, assassinated Lalandra and that, you know... It was going to be this whole thing with with you know this cool fight and and uh, Darkhawk trying to explain to him they didn't do it or whatever, but it wasn't that way at all. Like for some reason Nova Prime is just like I know you didn't do it. I'm trying to help you out. Yeah. And uh, so that, that was kind of let down for me because I thought uh, I just expected something else from the book. I I thought this issue was a little predictable.
0: Um, you know. When you get past, you know, the, the them reminding everybody that Darkhawk and Nova are friends, um, you know, you're you you you're on the ship and you've got the the new drill sergeant for the Nova Corps and he's doing the, well, you know, if you can hit me, you know, I'll promote you back up kind of thing. Um, and it was just, it was that whole, I'm smarter than you. Whereas you would have thought that everything that they experienced in the last two issues, all those, you know, uh... Uh, younger Nova core people would have realized, Hey, this guy's got a lot more experience than me. Of course he's going to be training me.
2: He's ultra experienced.
0: Yeah. And I'm just like, come on, you know, we blew how many pages on that. And there wasn't anything there that, uh, that you haven't seen in any number of movies. You know, this was just straight out of, of any number of, of, of movies and books and whatnot. There was nothing fresh, new or exciting there. Um, The only thing that you that you really get out of that is, you know, these people aren't using their powers to their fullest. And there's a whole lot with their Nova powers that they could be doing that they're not doing. Um, And really, that was the only value to that of of about four pages in the book. You know, and I just I was a little frustrated by that. Um, I think we went a real long way. To get to the end page, leading into the to the next issue, and so I, for the first time in a long time, I was actually kind of disappointed in this issue.
2: Yeah, I I I would have to say that as well. Yeah, I was I I was so excited by the hook that uh, it let me down.
0: Yeah, and part of my problem is I don't like Darkhawk to begin with. Um, I've never been really excited about his his costume or armor. I don't think it's drawn. I don't think it's designed well. Um, and I'd, I'd really like to see it look more armor man, uh, Iron Man like, you know? Uh, cause, you know, he, he's wearing armor that's not spandex he's he's supposed to be wearing. And what it looks like is he's wearing spandex. And I just wish that it looked a little bit more like War Machine or something like that. I'd like to see him look a little bit more badass. As opposed I to. I
2: agree. I think, I think Dark Hawk looks great. Well, you know, and I know Paul likes the design
0: on Dark Hawk, I just never cared for him.
2: I think Darkhawk looks like a DC character. I'm sorry? (laughs) (laughs) I think if you stuck Darkhawk in the DC universe, he would would look appropriate. I'm going to disagree with you there, Jonathan.
0: (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah, I I think that there's any number of... uh, Red Rocket, for instance, looks a lot cooler.
3: (laughs) 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 <laughs> oh, what a hero. <laughs>
1: <sighs>
0: well, I think I've made my case.
1: <laughs> I think you have.
0: Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> uh, Jonathan and I, neither one of us much cared for uh, Nova number 31. Paul? Yes, we uh finished up the first story arc in Chu.
1: Yes, we did. And, and uh, what did you think?
0: I liked it. I liked it an I awful too. lot. I, I, you know, I don't want to spoil it for anybody because, you know, it does. Uh, it does wait until almost the very end of the book to, to for the for the big reveal. But uh, I will tell you that there was a character in the book from the get go that, that I thought was up to no good. And. Sure enough, he was up to no good. I uh, I rather enjoyed the book. It's still a disturbing book to read. Don't eat it. Wh- don't read it while you're eating breakfast. <laughs> and don't eat it. Yeah, and don't eat it. But uh, you know, I, the, the, the the discussion of eating putrefied dog. Uh, was was disturbing and 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 the tasting of the blood and at the crime scene and whatnot but i i, I really like it you know i was lukewarm with, to this book and issue one but i have uh i've really taken it on as, as one of my favorite reads
1: yeah I'm, I'm with you you know i wasn't lukewarm at the beginning i actually enjoyed it from the yeah. very beginning yeah and um you know we spoke to john layman the author of this book a couple of like a month ago yeah and uh, you know he hinted that some things were coming in this book and you know it it was a good wrap up to the first storyline absolutely yeah, it, was. you know, yeah. it wasn't disappointing and, well, uh, and, i'm and, looking like, what's next
0: and the, the first story arc does really set up a nice origin story for the entire you know series i mean you can tell it it, it firmly establishes who his recurring you know major villain or nemesis will be um it, it it does describe a rather unique world. I mean, you've really got a firm idea of what the setting is, what the stakes are. Uh, I, I it's really very well done. Very well done.
1: I agree, and I mean, there's not much more we can say on it that hasn't already been said. And one um, thing that, that,
0: that let me point something out to you, Paul, just in case you didn't notice it. Um, if you look at the cover of the book, you know you're you're sitting from the the perspective of John Chu, and I just noticed it a moment ago. But do you, you see the mirror? You know, behind yeah. the other character, and it does kind of indicate what's going to happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. There, in, in, in the front of the cover yeah. is a spoiler, or you know, the front of the cover, the cover page is a <laughs> spoiler. Um, but I didn't even notice the mirrors behind him in the preview art. Right. So I don't know if they weren't in the preview art, or if I'm just that unobservant. Yeah. But I, I really enjoyed Two Number Five.
0: Yeah, Two Number Five was good stuff. Good stuff. And also good stuff. And, uh, this was from, gosh, I think two, maybe three weeks ago. Spider Woman number two, uh, by Brian Michael Bendis and, uh, Alex Maleev, uh, continuing the adventures of Spider Woman, Agent of Sword. Uh, the book starts off with her being in jail in, uh, gosh, what's the name of that, that country? Uh, Madripoor? Yeah. Is that it, Madripoor? Uh, now you read this, Jonathan, right? Did, did you enjoy it?
2: Uh, I I <laughs> I mean I've I've enjoyed the story the last couple issues.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Um, I've despised the artwork. Really? Yeah, yeah I think man. the I think that that the artwork inspire spire woman exemplifies everything that I think that is wrong with Marvel artwork right now. Because you you
0: want the, the the four color superhero jumping around in their spandex kinds of stuff.
2: Right. I don't yeah. want the like sketch put to color look. That, mm-hmm. See,
0: I I'm, I'm I'm on the other side. I mean, I enjoy, I enjoy the the type that, that you like as well, but I I think the the artwork works really well for this story.
2: I think it works really well for Punisher. Uh, you know, Spider-Woman like I uh, just I mean, it's freaking Spider-Woman. Mm-hmm. Well, you know,
0: she's in a dark place right now.
2: Yeah, that's because the, they draw her so dark with no lights around like <laughs> she will never get out of that dark place if it's just black <laughs> black panel with a sketch of her on it
0: if she doesn't turn on a light <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well w- one of the things that i really enjoyed about this book was the 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 revelation of that power that she has you know to manipulate pheromones I thought that was kind of kind of nifty. I don't think we've seen that before. Yes, uh, we have. Have we? What, was that in like the Avengers or something? Because I don't, I don't yeah, recall new new, event, new Avengers. It, ah. it came up. Well, I, I thought that was that was really pretty cool, and I, I liked uh, you know all the different screwovers that she gets at the end of the book. Um, I, I I really very much enjoyed this title. I'm I'm it's it's one of the ones that I'm most excited about that Marvel's doing right now. Now, one of the things that I didn't care about the book. You know, because we've gotten into doing co-features and backups and whatnot. Well, they included an article at the back of the book from CBR, and it was an interview that they did in August, you know, reprinted from something they did on the web. And I'm like, come on, you know, how many people have already read this thing free online? Why did we have to include it in the… In, in the book now, you know it is a two ninety nine title, so I'm not complaining about the price. But I would have been happy, you know, if they if they needed to do some extra in the back of the book, why not just do some sketch pages or something?
2: Oh God, you had to say that. Didn't you? <laughs> why not just put more of what Jonathan hates about the book in the book? <laughs> hey, nothing but love for you, man.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I just. Number one, if this, if this was a reprint of an ideologyofmadness.com article, I would have been all over this. But fuck CBR, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> fuck you, CPR. <laughs> it irritated the hell out of me.
2: <laughs> uh, I, I think the story is, is good, but I want to know where it's going. That's that's how I feel. the The first two issues when I when I heard that there was going to be a Spider Woman ongoing, yeah, I didn't think that it was going to start this way, Mm -hmm. like where she's like working for Sword. Damn it! So, like, let me tell you something about Marvel. Okay, when they get something in their minds, when they get a a new concept in their head, they push it in all directions.
0: Oh yeah, they go hard ass on. They're like,
2: like, oh yeah, there's this thing called Sword. Now Sword's gonna be everywhere.
3: Yeah. Like,
2: you know, it's you know, it's like the Norman Osborn effect. Like he's in every freaking book, <laughs> yeah. Or he's spoken about in every,
0: like he, you know. Well, I understand that Deadpool will be in the next issue as well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Mar- Marvel just they they get something in their heads, man. They don't let it go. They, yeah, whew, a team a team effort. They push it to every book they can.
0: Yeah. Well, I liked it. I, you know, uh, I, I understand your concerns about the artwork because I, I know that's not to everyone's taste. But I think it matches up really well with the story, and I always enjoy Alex Maleev. He's uh, he's he's good stuff.
2: Well, I always enjoy uh, Bendis. So yeah. the le- the story's good. I'm going to keep picking yeah. it
0: up. Now, uh, one book, and uh, one book that, that that I that I read this week uh, is another book I was catching up on was Fantastic Four Five Seventy Two, and I bring this up. Uh, because you know, Paul and I had talked about you know what if we were writing the Fantastic Four not too long ago, and this is the third issue uh, done by uh, Hickman, mm-hmm. uh, coming back to the title, and y'all, you know, I had some gripes about uh, the way that the that Reed Richards in particular has been written, and you know he's always you know choosing you know science and his research and whatnot over his family. And so he goes into that. What this story tells is, you know, he goes into this alternate dimension where it's really kind of a council of Reed Richards from all these different alternate dimensions, and their goal is to go out and fix everything. And it was really the the third book, and I'm glad it didn't go on longer. I think they paced it just right. The third book really uh, uh, had a lot of action, and you know, uh, showed that there was a lot at risk here. And at the end of the story, you know, Reed Richards is, is faced with a choice. You know, if you're going to continue on this path, you have to give up everything. And the research and the science and the work has got to be your sole focus. And you've got to give up your family. Um, and he makes the choice for his family. I mean, when, it, when it's put to him in those terms, he's like, holy crap. And I mean, he's literally running away from these guys uh, to go back. So uh, on the on the one level, I really enjoyed this story. Uh, Jonathan, did you read this one?
2: I did. What did you think? Uh, I mean, let's start with the cover.
3: <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh.
2: All right, the cover pissed me off, and I hate, <laughs> I hate, I hate when covers do this. Just like I hate ads, just like I hate titles that are misleading,
0: where it shows the entire Fantastic Four in a fight that's never in the book.
2: Yeah, like yeah. it's just this is this. It should have yeah. been. I mean, if Reed Richards is going to be the focus of the book. Then yeah. why not just have Reed Richards on the cover, and then you can still have the little, the little headshots of the other team members up around the uh, up around the title.
0: Yeah, I agree. I that's one of those things. Since since I was a kid, I have hated covers that that weren't an accurate representation of what's in. But this is why they tell us, and this may be the first time you've heard this, Jonathan. Never judge a book by its cover.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, also titles. Uh, for for instance. Uh, Last week, we talked about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh Uh-huh. And what was the title of that issue, Aaron? Do you remember? Oh, hell.
3: Uh,
0: I don't have the book here around me. No, I do not remember the title of the issue.
2: Right on the front cover, Kang conquers the Guardians of the Galaxy. (sighs) Okay. Now, when you read that book, did you feel that at all Kang was even dominant at all over the Guardians of the Galaxy? No. Or was he asking them for help? Because that's how I felt.
0: Yeah, that's how I felt as well.
2: Yeah, I I don't like that. Uh, you know, I'm looking. I was just flipping through the Fantastic Four book, and there's a uh, there's an ad for Nova Thirty
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And you know what it says on the ad?
0: Oh gosh, I'm flipping. I see, I see a Thor ad. I see a Deadpool ad. Ah, here we go. A legion of assassins. A corps of lawmen. A friendship no more. Yeah, that's yeah. not particularly accurate, is it? No, not yeah. at
2: all. Yeah. Yeah. Just, a, just I've, I've been unleashing some of my pet peeves on you guys today. <laughs> okay, so beyond uh, the cover, so <laughs> yeah, into the actual into the actual book. Uh, Kristen had read this one before me mm. and said that I was going to hate it, uh, probably because that, probably because Reed chooses family over his work, which you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was trying to tell me there, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I-, I thought it was okay. Well you know, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I thought I thought that uh, there w- there was a section, uh, I think it was toward the letter page mm-hmm. where Hickman was actually explaining his pitch for this book. yeah, you know, where he was talking about everything with the fantastic Four has been so read focused. You know that's one of the things I'd want to change, and then the editor's like, "So what? What do you have in mind for your first story story arc? Uh, uh, A story arc all about Reed Richards? (laughs) It's like (laughs) you're funny." But I think I think that Hickman's getting something out of the way here. Yeah, I think think so too. I think
0: he's I think he's kind of clearing away some of the brush so that he can tell the stories that he wants to tell.
2: Yeah, and and obviously for the next arc, it's going to be like uh the thing uh human torch and, and the kids right in the world yeah well and
0: so. you know some of the things that I thought you what you would enjoy on this is that you know Reed Richard is in his costume you know uh, it, oh, yeah it,
2: that's that's it, important it is very
0: bright you know uh, the uh it, it does look comic comic booky it's got that four color feel to it.
2: Oh yeah, the the art and and the story felt very comic booky too, yeah. in that cheesy sort of way. Yeah, which sometimes like I can get I can get down with that.
0: Well, you know uh, what I really enjoyed about it, you know the the big the big bad in in this in this book are the Celestials, you know, which are the big cosmic gods in the Marvel universe. And you know, you've got this Council of Reed, so you've got these dozens of Reed Richards, all of whom you know. Look and act a little bit different, but they're all super smart and so
2: Some of them are a lot of different. Did you see the fat Reed Richards? Yes. Yeah. Who looks super blob looking Reed Richards. Who, who
0: looks conspicuously like Bouncing Boy from the DC universe. But you know, just right here on the second page, you've got these these two Reeds and you know, you've got the the psionic Reed Richards with this giant melon head brain, and he's like you know, oh, the Celestials have noticed me. And then the very next panel is the Celestials have blown up his head. <laughs> and the other Reed Richards is having to, you know, throw his arm up to keep the brains from getting on him. <laughs> and so the, the Celestials say, kneel and gain favor and forgiveness. And one of the Reeds says, no, we are men. We have no masters. And so the Celestials just vaporize those two guys. I mean, the, the Celestials just come in and just start, you know, killing all the Reeds. This was just good stuff. I I really enjoyed this book. Um, I'm hopeful that this will kind of be a return to some just more hardcore, four-color superhero action in the pages of this book without Reed Richards being a knob and, you know, locking up in his lab all the time and doing the same old things that he's always done. I'm hoping that
2: this... Yeah, I mean, one thing that I felt whenever they would show the... The other members of the Fantastic Four,
3: mm-hmm.
2: So I'm like, all right, so Norman Osborn controls the controls the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Doctor Doom's doing his thing with Loki, uh, and the Fantastic Four are just sitting around their pad, man. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> the three issues, I'm like the Fantastic Four. Like Reed Richards, he's in another dimension doing stuff, but for his own world, man, he's just he's just laying around the house. Yeah. The Fantastic Four couch potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right.
0: But you know, it does give us a title where you know we don't have Norman Osborn in it.
2: True. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so anyway, I'm I'm excited. that you know I wasn't sure that I was gonna I was gonna stay on with the Fantastic Four after this uh, this first arc, but I am. I'm, I'm excited about where this thing's going. So there you go, Fantastic Four.
2: There you go.
1: You uh, lasted uh, longer than I did.
0: Well, and I know you didn't—you didn't care for it after that first issue, did you?
1: No, I read the first issue, and what's sad is I love Jonathan Hickman. Uh-huh. Uh, his, his Secret Warriors book kicks all kinds of ass, but uh, I don't know. I guess I just couldn't get into the Fantastic Four.
0: Well, your loss, man. What if your loss?
1: Well, my loss, but. I pick up other books to fill the void, like (laughs) Ultimate Spider-Man. Did you Uh, read number four? Yeah, number four came out this week. How was that? It's – I think I'm done with the Ultimate Universe for now. Not that this is a bad book, uh, and all three books in the Ultimate Universe are pretty right now, Mm -hmm. but none of them are particularly exceptional, and I'm looking to trim a little bit of fat, and uh, this book is definitely fat. Yeah. Yeah. So, I know Jonathan, you read Ultimate Spider Man number four too, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs>
2: so it, it sounds
0: like you're very excited about that book.
2: It looks good.
1: It yeah, doesn't and that read thing, well. Yeah, it looks good and it's but it's I don't know. It it gets lost a little too much, I think, in the the, the teenager drama stuff.
2: Yeah. But, and I have no what do you think, Polly? Uh I have no doubt that this uh mysterious uh, red garbed figure is the ultimate version of the hood what do you think
1: oh i think so too uh yeah. I, I don't know what his and well yeah i mean i, I haven't seen because the hoods is robert parker in the regular marvel universe right so there's no saying who he'll be in the ultimate universe but yeah it's I, i'm pretty positive it's the hood because it didn't he kill mysterio or, or no mysterio killed kingpin i'm sorry
2: but, yeah, no. The, this this guy's this guy he rescues uh, um, whatever dumb redhead,
3: Mary, Mary Jane. Jane.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, but, I don't know if I care enough to keep reading the book.
1: Who? Who? who I,
2: yeah, who yeah. It just—it's a good book. Well, don't get me wrong. It's I was a good so book. Excited about the ultimate restart.
0: It's yeah, yeah. Except it wasn't a restart. Yeah,
1: and it's and, just. And with the gauntlet starting in the real in the, the real Spider Man, uh, in the Amazing Spider
2: Man, I think mm-hmm. that's where I'll focus my attention for Spider Man. Yeah, I agree. You know what they need? They need to make some of Spider Man's villains look like the ultimate versions, and then they won't need this book at all.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> well, hey, maybe that's all, what the gauntlet's doing. Right now, the only the only thing that this book is good for is that you can look at Mysterio and not be like. Hey, this is a goofy ass motherfucker. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. You know. it, it
0: seemed like you know the Ultimate Spider-Man was particularly designed to be a a book that you know younger readers could get into, not children readers, but you know younger readers who don't have all that continuity that that maybe some of us have. And this this relaunch doesn't seem to to really be fitting that mold. I mean, w- would y'all agree yeah. with that?
1: I agree. You know, right. and it's kind of funny. Completely. Yeah, it, it, it stays focused in the Ultimate Universe, but every single relaunch book is completely, other than Ultimate Armor Wars, is like avoiding mentioning the events of Ultimatum.
3: Mm-hmm. It's
1: almost like they, it didn't even exist because half of the characters in Ultimate Spider-Man died in Ultimate Ultimatum. Yeah. And it's not mentioned to like how they didn't die. Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, maybe they're trying to set up some type of mystery to keep you hooked, but I don't know. Like I said, I think this is my last issue, Uh, and last week was my last issue of Ultimate Avengers, and even though I like Ultimate Armor Wars, it's not good enough for me to stay interested in the Ultimate Universe right now.
0: Sure. Well, um, Jonathan, you read uh, Ms. Marvel this week, right? I did. What do you have to say about that?
2: Uh, It was uh, awesome. (laughs) <laughs> now
0: i i like ms marvel but i stopped reading at the end of uh secret invasion just when it was going all dark rainy and whatnot um what's going on with that character
2: uh well basically uh it it was the conclusion of the story arc where this chick like for some reason like i i didn't get into the beginning so i kind of have to just summarize based on what i've learned in the two issues of it that i've read apparently osborne finds this chick who looks just like Carol Danvers and all that and he's torturing her and stuff who cares about any of that (laughs) point is Miss Marvel and Moonstone fight it out uh in the last two issues of of the book uh really great uh fight scene looks fantastic the resolution i just thought was the best little spoiler here cuz this is why i loved about it miss marvel takes moonstone's moonstone you know essentially the, the source of her power without it moonstone's going to die she has like weeks to live or something like that and uh what she what she tells her is that if she want if she wants the moonstone back she needs to uh find that find find that point where she stopped being a human being and started becoming a monster mm-hmm. and that's where she'll find her moonstone and it ends up with moonstone getting her moonstone back uh by visiting the gravesite of her uh her mother that uh she had murdered you know and apparently she did that so that her mother wouldn't go on to see the the monster she was becoming. I liked it. You guys don't sound impressed. It's cool.
0: Oh no, it sounds good. I'm
2: <laughs> I, 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 to be there. I really enjoyed. Yeah, it is really.
0: I really enjoyed Ms. Marvel, and I and I I hated to drop the title. It's just you know I was trying to cut loose on all the Dark Reign tie-ins. So I'm looking for an opportunity to jump back into that title.
2: I, I don't. I don't even call these things Dark Reign tie-ins. You know, yeah, it's like, the, Dark Reign is the Marvel Universe at this point. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and yeah, I guess I didn't
0: sh- realize that when Dark Reign was happening. I mean, I thought it was another. You know, house it Ends. like
2: Civil War and yeah, uh, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it just it is what it is, and I want it to end <laughs> soon. Soon in a couple of months. Yeah. Here's a, here's another pet peeve of mine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is the
2: last one. Last sure one it is. All right, I'm I'm getting tired of uh, the villains in the Marvel universe, uh, particularly. I noticed that X-Men have been going up, uh, their villains are like these conspiracy thing, like these collectives of people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like what happened to the big bad? What happened to like, like, uh, you know, what would be awesome is to pick up an X-Men comic, uh, this upcoming week. And, you know, get about halfway through and you realize that the big bad guy is like apocalypse or something. And then that really like excites you. You're like, Oh shit. X-Men versus apocalypse. You know what happened to those moments?
0: They're yeah. gone now. Yeah. I you know, it, it's all, you know, conspiracy theories. And while I really enjoy conspiracy theories, when you have too many of them, they're just theories. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, I think that wraps up all of our comics this week. Um, I, well, I do have a question for you, Paul, you didn't pick yeah, up uh Lobo highway to hell this week. You didn't, I did, didn't, did you decide that you didn't want to spend seven dollars on a comic book? Holy shit, that book was seven bucks? It was, it was seven bucks. Did you buy it? Oh no! <laughs> you know me. <laughs> I, I I am a cheap, cheap son of a bitch. I did not pick up that book.
1: I'm not that big of a fan of Lobo anyway. So there was same. pretty much no chance I was picking it up. Yeah,
0: but I, I I noticed that on the on the list this week, and I was like, huh, oh, I wonder if uh, Paul will pick that up. Now it is 64 pages. Uh, yeah, I mean, but it's I don't know. It wasn't worth. It it's still Lobo. I mean, you know, yeah, all Lobo stories are essentially the same. But yeah. I was looking ahead to next week. You know, we we're talking about like the, the a couple of the Marvel books that are coming out. Absolute Justice comes out next week. The uh, yeah. the big collection of uh, of the Justice League that's ninety nine dollars.
1: Yeah the the storyline by uh, Alex Ross and uh, somebody else,
0: At Jim Kruger.
1: Yeah, Jim Kruger, the team behind um, Universe X or Earth yeah. X.
0: Yeah, yeah, the spectacular twelve issue series by Alex Ross, Jim Kruger, and Doug Braithwaite. I mean, it's collected in that absolute format and man, you know, if I had ninety nine dollars to throw in the street, I would be all over that.
1: Have you seen it? Have you read the book have you read that series yet? No,
0: I sure haven't. I've just seen the artwork. It sucks. Did it really? Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> the art's we, pretty, but uh, I thought the story itself was pretty lame.
0: Well, and I will say that that has been the trend on most Alex Ross books that I've seen lately.
1: Yeah. And you know, if you get it on Amazon.com, it's only sixty three bucks. Um,
0: That's still a whole lot of money.
1: It's still a lot of money. Uh, I mean but, that you know, that covers
0: what I spent last week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just I, I can't recommend the book. I really didn't care that much for it. Okay. Did you pick up Great Ten? No, I did not. Isn't that a more <laughs> – No, it's a, based on Morrison characters,
0: right? With all the the Chinese superheroes.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Just checking. Yeah. I'm just i just to make sure you know we're not missing out on some some important, uh, uh, you know. Stories here, titles that we need to talk about. So
1: pick up Batman Confidential, everybody. Highly recommended. Alrighty, that's my book of the week. Maybe no. There's too many good books. This there week were to too recommend. many
0: good books this week.
1: Between this Haunt, was, and, uh, Haunt and
0: Haunt uh, and Detective Comics. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, damn, it was a, it was a really a very strong week. And you know what else will be a strong week? This uh, week on IdeologyOfMadness dot com, where we are having Star Trek week all over again. Uh, The uh, Star Trek DVD comes out on November 17th, and to uh, celebrate that, we are giving away a copy of the two-disc Star Trek DVD in addition to a copy of the uh, Star Trek Countdown prequel trade paperback from IDW. So you have an opportunity to win both of those. All you have to do is go to the website, click on our contest link, and uh, leave us a comment and follow the rules there. So uh, that, that's going to be big, and we'll have a whole week of Star Trek content, and I'm sure Jonathan, being the huge Star Trek fan that he is, will be writing one article after another.
2: Let me ask you a question, Aaron. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, sir.
2: Is Red Rocket like Crypto's sidekick? <laughs> that would make sense.
0: No, no. <laughs> it's actually Rocket Red, I think. He's a, he's a Russian superhero.
2: Uh, like DC you, yeah. DC really loves uh, characters with a color in their name. Uh-huh. Like, they've got Green Green Lantern, Green Arrow, Booster Gold, Red yeah. Rocket Rocket Red. However you want to say yeah. it, Blue Beetle. Uh huh. Like, damn man, they uh-huh. they really uh-huh. love the the color scheme. That's well, where Marvel's got Black Panther and Black. Something. Yeah, but Black, black Panther's Hulk. actually a black dude. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: and DC's got well, a there's ton also, of characters, with well, black characters with black in their names. So. But, but
0: John, there's also White Tiger, and he's a Hispanic guy. <laughs> <laughs> I like good times.
1: All right. So, Trek Week, next week on Ideology of Madness. That's right. Um, and, well,. We we have something else to discuss before I mention our podcast contest, don't we? I'm sure we do. Send our mail. Oh gosh, yes.
0: Sorry. Thank you for drawing me back to uh, the outline. Uh, <laughs> we had a an, an email that we got from Neil Dalton, who is the fellow who asked us about uh, comics for the library, yeah. and we talked about that on the show a couple of episodes back. And so he wrote us, and uh, I will read that now. In a voice that's curiously like Neil Dalton's. <laughs> uh, first, I wanted to thank you both for the recommendations that you made in issue 16 uh, for what books libraries should get. It really helped me compile a starting list for my wife to order for our local library. She's that the librarian there was looking for some. Uh, some titles there. Now, I don't know uh, what state you're in or how the funding for your public library is, but I'll tell you my experience. Uh, Many libraries are more than happy to order books that patrons are interested in, since the more demand there is, the more money they can ask for their book budget later on. I know this is true because the library has ordered a number of books and movies for me, and this was before my wife became the person in charge of ordering fiction, and even before she ever worked for the library. The hardest part for me was getting over my gamer sci-fi comic shame and not feeling like an ask for asking them to order a copy of the latest Horace Heresy novel uh, from uh, Black Library's Games Workshop. The other part of it is that your library may be part of a lending consortium, and if and which sounds like some kind of marvel conspiracy to me by the way um, <laughs> and if you're, and if your library doesn't have it, another book in the consortium might, and you can get a hold of it through interlibrary loan. Again, the hardest part is getting over the shame and asking a librarian. I don't even have to do that because our library uh, book catalog and the whole catalog of every participating library in the consortium is online and it allows me to put the book on hold and they just give me a call to come and pick it up when it gets in. While I'm not trying to steal food out of a comic shop owner's mouths, I did want to pass this info along in case you are not aware that these options might be available to you. This time I'll add it myself. I'm quoting here directly. I love the show, even though I don't buy a lot of comics myself. I started listening to you guys when Jonathan from kicked in the dice mag kicked in the dice bags mentioned you. I have been highly entertained. Paula's dead weight. Just kidding. Take care. Neil. Anyway, that's our that's our uh, our mail from Neil, and uh, I think that's great advice.
1: Uh, I don't, I don't uh, think so. I don't like Neil at all anymore. <laughs> 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 uh, I,
0: I my my library does uh, participate in one of those lending consortiums, and uh, I, I have been able to secure books from other libraries that uh, that they uh, deal with. So that, that's that's a good tip. That's a good tip as well as uh, you know I. I have not ever done it, but I know people who have who have asked them to get a book, uh, and and they've done it. So uh, I, I think that, that's good information to share. Awesome. So there you go. All right, is that it for us, guys?
2: Well, you Aaron, know, I why, do have a contest. Skip, uh, oh, oh,
0: oh, oh, oh,
1: what? Uh, mm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> why? Why? Why did you skip all the uh, the listener emails that said Jonathan's like cowbell? We just want more.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well we found that those all came from your IP address. Uh... <laughs> uh, Paul, you have a contest?
1: I do have a contest because we were talking earlier about the um the yellow uh the Sinestra Core Ring oh. that you get free. Uh that you got free with your copy of Doom Patrol this week. Um Now, there are seven books this month that are being released in conjunction with Green Lantern Rings, uh, you know, for every color but black. And, uh, you know, they're probably not books you normally buy. I know none of them are ones I normally buy. Yeah. So we thought we'd save you some trouble and some money. And we are giving away a full set of the rings, including the black ring. That came with Blackest Night number one. So set of all eight rings, um, all you need to do to enter is, of course, you know, you need to be 18. You need to be in the continental U.S. And you need to leave. There's two ways to enter. One, leave a comment on our podcast um, in the, uh, you know, in the, um, the comments for our podcast. You know, leave us some feedback. Or either on Twitter or Facebook, post a link to our podcast and send us that link to ideologyofmadness at gmail.com. And you'll be entered to win a set of these Green Lantern Blackest Night Rings, um, a full eight set of all eight.
0: I think that's an awesome contest.
1: Yeah, considering the books are about four bucks a piece, uh, I guess this prize package is, you know, 30-something dollars worth it. Right. Of- Goodies.
0: Well, and you know, that's the only reason I bought uh, Doom Patrol this week was so I could have my Sinestro core ring because uh, yeah. Doom Patrol, steaming pile of crap.
1: And let's be honest, you guys don't want to buy Doom Patrol and Superman, Batman, and all those bastard comics. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly. We're here so, to help you. We're
1: so just... help us help you. <laughs> exactly. A comment in our show, you know, with our show notes or. Tweet a link or Facebook a link to our page. Or
0: iTunes a review.
1: Yeah, iTunes a review. But uh, the contest ends when the last issue uh, comes out. So I, I think they're all going to be released through the month of November. So uh, contest ends, last day of November. Very good.
0: Well, guys, thanks a bunch. Everybody, thanks for listening.
1: No, we'll- no, no, thank you. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> No, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. And good day, sir. I said good day.
2: Good night and good luck. <laughs> Red Rocket.
0: <laughs> podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of the Ideology of Madness.com. No Spider Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. dailychristiannudes.com. Who likes porn more than Christians?